Hey, Low Code Approach listeners, this is Wendy Haddad. Before we jump into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that we are starting to plan for the next season, and we want to make sure we hear from you on what is most important and relevant in terms of the topics that we'll be choosing. So if you could open a web browser and pop over to aka.ms slash request. that's aka.ms slash request. all one word, Fill out that brief survey on what topics and what subjects, what guests you might want to hear from. And who knows, maybe it'll make it into the next season of the podcast. Thanks so much and happy listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of The Low Code Approach. I am one-third of the host, Sean Feeney, and I've got it on good authority. I might be on the nice list this year, and I'm joined by... Are you sure about that? I, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't vouch those sources, but yes. I'm Wendy Haddad. I'm a senior cloud solution architect and a former customer, and I'm joined by... Ken Aguilard, anxiously anticipating leaving today, going on vacation, and seeing you all back on... January. Nice. And today we are joined by Heather McLean, Principal Product Manager of Innovation at BlackBot, and Ben Wong, Senior Principal Product Manager, Sky Developer Platform at BlackBot, and Wendy. And I'm really excited to bring on Josh Bregman. He has been working with me on several projects on the Microsoft Defender team, and he has some really cool things to share about how he has been using his Power Platform skills to benefit nonprofits. And so that kind of sets the theme of this episode. I'm super excited for what we're doing with Power Platform and the nonprofit space. But first, let's maybe kick it off to the BlackBot team. So Heather, why don't you give me just kind of an overview of what is BlackBot? What are you doing? Kind of the the market that you're targeting there as well and and, uh, the technology that you're creating. Wonderful. Thanks, Wendy. Uh, So BlackBot, you may not know this, but we are the leading provider of software for powering social impact. And our real goal is to unleash the potential of people who want to change the world. So we serve nonprofit and education sectors, as well as companies committed to social responsibility and individual change makers. So our software is specifically for fundraising, nonprofit financial management, digital giving, grant making, corporate social responsibility, and education management. And we pride ourselves that we enable our nonprofits to grow their revenue and run efficiently, ultimately powering much more impact for their missions around the world. Awesome. Hey, so this is a low-code podcast, and we talk a lot about low-code technologies and Microsoft Power Platform and how that fits in organizations. And so I'd love to ask Ben, what is the general approach for BlackBot and low-code when working with our customers? Sure thing. Really excited to be on this podcast, by the way, because the whole low-code movement has just been a massive game-changer for me and our customers. So First, let me explain what the Sky Developer platform is. So what Sky Developer is, it's the platform for third-party developers, so developers outside of Blackboard, because there's always a shortage of developers, can't get enough of them. So the platform enables third-party developers to extend our products. So we have a philosophy of having open APIs that make our products more flexible and uh, can be integrated well with other systems. Um, So that's what our APIs do. 
Now for low code and the power platform, the reason why this has been exciting is because when I started in my role and when I talk about APIs, a lot of our customers just don't understand what APIs are. It's not the sexiest thing to talk about because they're just like, what is that? We don't have developers. How do we use this? But with the power platform, there's now given our customers who aren't developers, aren't super technical, the ability to consume these APIs and make it work for them. So our general approach is to make it as easy as possible. And Heather and I use this term lower code. So we have our low code audience, which is still, you know, you still have to know what you're doing and be willing to kind of dive into these tools. But what we try and do is aim for the lower code. So if you're really scared of these things, how can we make it so easy that the barrier of entry is like non-existent to get started? And the way that we do that is provide lots of tutorials, lots of documentation that you can just follow along. We have a community of low coders who love sharing their flows with each other and we'll turn those into templates that they can just borrow from each other. We've also have certified templates to make it even easier so you can find those templates within the template library on the Power Platform. And then um, Heather runs virtual workshops, regional workshops, really to sit down with the customers and just show them how not intimidating this can be. But that's our general approach, is just to make it as easy as possible. So Ben, it sounds like there's a nice symbiotic relationship between what you all do and the platform itself sort of operate in terms of the components, the connectors, and everything else. Can you maybe give some examples of how maybe some of your customers integrate, you know, the connector and use those things in their day-to-day activities within their own organizations, their own charities. Yeah. With APIs in general, it's giving our customers more access to their data that they have in our systems. So some of the early tutorials we had were some basic notifications. So when a large gift comes in, letting the right people in their organization know about those large gifts, who gave it, exactly when that gift came in. So then they can take action immediately to go and thank those donors. That's a very kind of basic scenario for how our customers can use Power Automate. Heather's going to have lots of examples from customers in the workshops. Heather, I don't know if you have some that you'd like to share. Yeah, I mean, you hit it spot on with the notifications. Um, That's typically one of the very first beginner projects that our database managers, who are typically the ones within the organizations that see the value in the low-code solutions and want to dive in. Just to say that it sounds simple, these notifications, but in a lot of cases, these reports could take an hour or more each day for one or multiple people on the teams to compile for their gift officer. So it's really impactful. And then once our low coders get a win from a project like this, they'll turn to the template showcase as Ben shared to get ideas for other automation projects from their peers. It's full of different community flow and app samples, even Power BI report templates, common DAX formulas to help the community accelerate their own projects. So some of the most popular templates from that template showcase are acknowledgement projects. So these are actually letters or email communications that are going out to donors to acknowledge their their gifts or even their recurring gifts. 
um, or reminders that they have upcoming payments for their pledges. And these are business processes that every nonprofit in the entire world has to manage. But from there, like one of my favorite all-time projects, this was an amazing joint effort that we helped Nicole Holt at Preble Street, which is just an awesome organization that serves the homeless in Maine. Uh, Nicole took the skills that she learned in our workshops and built an integration and automation between her volunteer management solution and Blackboard Razor's Edge NXT, which is her fundraising data using Microsoft Power Automate. And this automation would alert the fundraising team when high-value donors were in their facility for a volunteer shift. So this really allowed the major giving officers to deepen those relationships with the volunteers and the donors that meant that they were giving at higher levels and had a deeper connection to the cause overall. And from there, she's gone on to automate grant reporting processes that have allowed the organization to scale up their grants programs and grow. And that's what we love to see, starting from these really simple projects and then growing in sophistication to the types of automations they can deliver for their organizations. Heather, I absolutely love that. And I, I think that one of the things, I mean, we, we do a lot of tech on the podcast, right? And we go into admins and governance and ALM and everything else. But it's been so nice to hear about what you're doing on the, the nonprofit side and just even just a success story, because I think people don't think about that. You know, they're thinking about Power Platform as a business tool and not necessarily what you could do in, in the more altruistic sense as well. Um, I'm going to piggyback off of your example, and I want to bring Josh in as well, because Josh, I know you've been doing some nonprofit volunteer work. So kind of at a high level, can you just give us an overview of some of the, the volunteer work you've been doing in the nonprofit space as well, leveraging the Power Platform? Because I think it's a really nice part two onto some of the success story that that Heather's been sharing about the difference that, that BlackBot is making. Sure thing, Wendy. In, you know, Thanks for having me. Wendy and I actually worked together on a couple of projects and she knows that this is an area that I'm actually pretty passionate about. So one of the cool things about working at Microsoft is they encourage volunteering. In fact, Microsoft will match $25 for every hour of volunteering that you do, which is, I think is an amazing benefit. And so I've been at the company for just over two years and it's really inspired me you know, to do more, to sort of do volunteering, which is, I think, the purpose there. And it's not surprising since I work at Microsoft and I'm technical that a lot of times my volunteering activities are sort of like the IT guy who helps out in these various activities. And so the couple places where I've done this is two organizations that are uh, near and dear to me. I live in Acton, Massachusetts. There's a boosters club there called Acton, Boxborough Student Activities Fund called ABSAB. And we're a fundraising group. You know, we raise money for the town for things like new, you know, new sports equipment, new scoreboards, you know, buses, things like that. I want to follow up with uh, Heather and Ben about this Blackboard platform. It seems like a lot of these use cases are similar, although, you know, there's some interesting challenges which you can talk a little bit about for some of these very small, almost like volunteer nonprofits, which is what ABSAB is. ABSAB is joint student and adult run, which is sort of unique about it. And so some of the things that we've done there are about teaching kids how organizations work and some of that happens to do with technology. So I've been involved with that and sort of like a very OPSI sort of probably similar use cases to what Heather and Ben are talking about. And the other organization I've been involved with is actually my wife's my wife works at a nonprofit. She works at what's called Minuteman Arc in Concord, Massachusetts, and they provide services for developmentally delayed and challenged individuals throughout their entire life. It's an amazing organization. So proud of her, if she ever listens to this, for what she does there. And so they are also Microsoft customers. And this is an organization that she works in early intervention, which is like kids one to three who have developmental delays, and she works with them. 
And these are people whose passion is about helping children. It's not about paperwork. And so they're like a very kind of paper-based forms kind of way of doing things for a long time. And obviously, you know, they want to be more efficient. They want to try to automate more things. And so on a volunteer basis, I've been helping them with a number of sort of like process automation, try to make things easier for them. Some of the really cool stuff, and I think most powerful work that they're currently doing is there's a shelter by us with a lot of uh, Haitian refugees who require a lot of services. My wife's over there constantly. And so some of the technology challenges about how to deliver services in remote and disconnected environments are things that we're working on as well. So gosh, when I just want to say again, thanks. I'm just, I'm just thrilled to sort of with, to be here and have the opportunity to talk about some of the cool stuff that we're doing. Josh, I want to maybe just take a moment to emphasize some of what you said, and, and that is, you know, about just the, the nature of giving back to the community and whatnot as a whole, right? Our platform is part of what we call BAP internally, Biz Apps. Some folks may know it as that. And about 23, I might be a little bit off in my numbers, 23, 24% of our giving back to the community actually comes in October. In just October alone, we raised a little over $4.9 million for, again, for charity and donated over 17,000 hours from just our part of the organization alone. Now imagine, like as you're mentioning, Microsoft itself just has this spirit of giving. You know, someone once said that you know one of the greatest things you can do is just be of service to someone. Right? I'm paraphrasing this, but it's an absolutely wonderful quote, and I, I actually love being of service to many individuals. Now, with all of that said, I would also like to delve in and, and ask maybe what are some of the challenges that come along with, with giving and how the technology helps you maybe ease some of those potential pains? You know, just like on the commercial side, I think nonprofits are, you know, all shapes and sizes, right? And so, for example, the, the Student Activities Fund that I'm involved with is a really volunteer-run organization. And so one of the main challenges that you have there is just sort of like consistency, continuity, right? Like you serve a term for a year, and then somebody else comes on and, and so forth and so on. And so that causes a lot of disruption, right? And, and people who are volunteering for these organizations, you know, they want to be serving, they want to be fundraising, they want to be doing stuff. They don't want to be figuring out how come the reports are broken. So I think that's a challenge for particularly a lot of these volunteer-led organizations. One of the things that's actually really amazing, Ken, to sort of echo what you're saying about Microsoft is that Microsoft has a program for nonprofits where you can get no-cost licenses for a really good set of technology. We'll get the details in the chat or whatever, but it's like 300 licenses of Office and the Power Platform and a whole bunch. And you can get it for 10 years for no cost, which is an amazing investment in it that an organization can make, right? So the through line there is that with this like platform and the investment of having no cost or really, you know, for 10 years, now I can start saying to people like, hey, let's, instead of having it like somebody does it over here in a spreadsheet that they have and somebody's over here in Sign Up Genius and, you know, it's all sort of bespoke and in private accounts, like how do we actually decide as an organization to work together to have a, a sort of like backbone of consistency built on, on the technology so that next year we don't have to like figure out where all that stuff went and we spend all of our time doing that stuff instead of helping out the community that we're trying to serve. Yeah, I'm glad you said what you said about the free software. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. There's a lot of opportunities for nonprofits and charities, right? That 
absolutely please take advantage of it. I know someone personally who works um, at a law firm in Louisiana. They do pro bono work for folks who cannot afford legal services. They have absolutely taken advantage of this program. Yeah, actually, I'd really like to get Ben and, and Heather's thoughts on this too. You know, BlackBot has a pretty awesome set of connectors, Power Platform connectors, and you can we'll have a link to the uh, documentation for them so you can understand what are the ins and outs of their APIs. But we've talked a little bit about automating some of the manual processes that these organizations are going through. And, and for a lot of people, that's their aha moment. Like, oh man, I can integrate all the things that I, you know, I, I typically work with, but now in an automated fashion. But Heather or Ben, can you talk a little bit more about you know, other integrations in Power Platform, either with you know, Power BI or Power Apps and some of the use cases associated with those and how those may have helped out your, your customers? I'll talk about Power Apps for a little bit. We work with Power Apps and Adaptive Cards quite a bit with our customers. In fact, our regional workshops that we had last year with Microsoft support, we brought those to seven different cities plus virtually throughout the year. And what we were training our new low coders to do was actually build a Power App that would process common donor service requests. So usually there's only one or two people in the organization that can actually handle things like contact record updates of donors or address changes or confirm that there's been a major milestone in, in their life, a career change, and make those updates in BlackBot CRM products because they want to protect the data. But that means that a lot of these requests are going into an alias inbox that's hard to manage. And that means that you can't connect with those donors. You can't ask them to give if you don't have the right information. So we build a power app that is actually embedded. Um, and that's one of the unique things about our Sky developer platform is it's not just the APIs, but we have this really special technology called Sky add-ins that allow you to embed power apps, embed Power BI, embed adaptive cards, embed Microsoft Forms, invoke Power Automate workflows from within our application. So they built this donor service power app that mimics and looks like it's native to our UI that you can activate from a constituent record. One of these non-privileged users can put in the request for that information change. That gets picked up, moved into SharePoint. That's where we have our audit trail of all of those requests. And then the database admin can go through and systematically approve them. And when they are approved, that data can be updated automatically through our connectors rather than having to go in and manually create those updates. I mean, this is a huge time saver for the organization. And again, like the acknowledgements and every and the notifications is ubiquitous to every nonprofit in the world has to manage this process. So we're really proud of this tutorial. We worked on this with the Microsoft team. It was the first time we delivered Power App in a day workshop really tailored to a nonprofit use case. Um, and we're excited that we're going to be bringing this to more cities next year and, and growing the curriculum to include embedding Power BI reports um, to really leveraging adaptive cards, which are a great option again, free, since we're talking about free technology and free software, free to use. And we really uh, evangelize using those quite a bit. And so we're excited to continue to build that curriculum with other tools on the Power Platform. So Heather, it sounds like you're really empowering these charities to scale through technology is the way I would maybe put it. Someone who has a lot of experience with that is Wendy and I'd like to direct maybe back to Wendy. Maybe Wendy has some questions, right, about how customers can potentially leverage that. Yeah, actually, I do, but I'm going to change the question slightly. So because I've, I've 
you know, done nonprofit, Josh, you have, Heather, you have some great examples here as well. And Ben, there's a lot of collective knowledge on this podcast. I want to do almost like a speed round, if you will, and people chime in here. We're going to play a game. I'm sorry, I'm changing the questions on everybody. But I think that if I, if I think of a nonprofit, right, a lot of times it's knowing where to start. So much of our documentation, so much of our tutorials focus on business, or maybe education is probably the closest you can get, but it's hard sometimes to know what's targeting for you. So, you know, kind of the, the where do you start? And what skill sets are required to maybe start, I think. So think about like the, the persona you're building for and then what things do you need to think of to get started. So Josh, I'm going to start with you because you mentioned the tenants. So if there's anything else you want to add, but then kind of popcorn in Heather, Ben as well. And I'll add some things as well, because I think almost like this collective wisdom is, is something that would be beneficial on the podcast. Yeah. I'm really curious to hear what professionals have to say here. But like in, in this regard, I feel like if there's a form that someone fills out, that seems like a very easy place to start because there's an easy way to get forms into technology, various, you know, Microsoft forms or Power Apps, whatever. And then there's something that has to happen. I know that's like automation, but like that I think is like super easy and, you know, should be like a, a quick win, not too hard. I think that's similar to what Heather and Ben said. I'd be curious to hear if there's other thoughts there. I'm going to take it a little bit of a different direction for a second. You know, when we're talking to the database managers, of course, we're talking about the hours that they can save by like diving in and embracing this new technology that is like really scary for them, right? The database managers, they have become experts in BlackBot tools. They are not experts in Microsoft Power Platform, and this is really scary. So it's like getting them over that hump. So another thing that we focus on when we're trying to recruit people to join our community is that by embracing these low code skills, they're actually going to be able to propel their careers. Um, and we have some really demonstrable use cases and members of the community who have gone from very low level database managers within their organization to being promoted multiple times over to director level and even higher managing teams that are now building automation. So we play not just to the technology, but also just the career options that are available to them by embracing these skills. And we really have to focus on the training to, to help them get over that fear. So we have an online accelerator course anybody can take. It's free. We have a YouTube channel where we host all of our content. We have a monthly user group, which is such a safe space for people when they just come and they get started. And there's nothing more rewarding than seeing that community throw up emojis in the virtual user group to like congratulate everyone at all levels for like taking the leap and diving in and doing this. So it's not just about the tech, but it's also about the community that's so important as a place to get started. It, we wouldn't be where we are today with the growth of our connector program without that community. So yeah, just to expand on that, on the kind of topic of getting started, we've been on a journey to find what that point is of introducing our customers to these tools. So when we made our connectors available initially, we thought, let's just have some tutorials on our documentation website that teach people how to create a basic flow. Um, but we found that even that can be challenging for some of our customers. So the best way for them to get started is really picking a pre-built template um, within the template library. So you don't even need to follow instructions to build it yourself. You just pick a template 
And we name these templates so they can pick them based on the outcome that they're expecting. So like the notifying fundraisers that I talked about before, or notifying fundraisers when an action has been assigned to them, things like that, where they can see the name of the template and all they need to do is like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. I want to set that up. I don't need to know how the flow is put together and I don't need to create it myself. I'm just going to start with that template. And really that has most of the things built out. You just have to configure it um, to your environment at that point. Um, so we've kind of explored different ways of getting people started. And now I can see just the numbers that are shared on the platform, like how many people are actually using these templates, which is great. Wendy, I think we need to get Ben and Heather on just like the product management <laughs> podcast. I'm also just, you know, as a product manager, like looking for the heart and thumbs up here, like templates, a thousand percent, like make things simple so that people understand them. It's not surprising to me that our friends at BlackBot are having great success with thinking about customers and outcomes and then like putting the technology underneath it. Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes you think that you're making things simple, but when you actually watch someone go through those steps, you realize it's not. Totally. So the Sky Add-ins framework that Heather was talking about earlier, um, we've built ways for customers really what we thought was pretty easy by constructing a URL with some parameters that then spits out this add-in. But even constructing a URL with parameters, that can be tricky when you actually watch someone trying to paste in the right parameter and having the and or the question mark in the right place and having the parentheses right. They all, they all know how to URL encode, right? They know how to do that. Right? <laughs> we thought like, oh, you just use this encoder, just, just put it in there and it's going to spit it out for you. But Heather spent some time just to make it even easier where she built a Microsoft form so you can basically survey what the user is trying to do and then it generates the URL for you so you don't have to construct it by pasting in parameters. I use Power Automate for that because uh, <laughs> so See, that was that was my use case. Start with the form, right? Whatever's a form. You Whatever's can... <laughs> a form. Well, and you can do a simple form in Power Automate as well as Power Apps if needed. Yeah, I feel like what we're all describing is like that blank page syndrome, right? Because so often it's not being able to see something a different light, especially a nonprofit. People are volunteering. They're usually overworked and stretched way too thin. And so taking that space to just, just look at your processes and go, how can we make this better and more efficient? Uh, Josh, as you mentioned, handing it off between individuals and, and a, a process that's going to be sustainable there as well is so key. And don't get me started on documentation as well. If it could be as simple and commenting yeah, in there. We do. This is part of the beauty of actually pulling things in the Power Platform and, and integrating with it. We've said this in the past and it will carry over irrespective of if you're a nonprofit or you know a Fortune 500 or a Fortune 10, a Fortune 1 million, it doesn't matter. Once you have visibility into your data, you can understand what your people are actually doing. Data is at times undervalued by organizations. Having visibility into that, again, I've said in the past, the world runs on Excel. Folks, try and get out of that. Like, <laughs> let's go a little bit beyond the Excel spreadsheets, the, the handwritten forms and all of these things. Get your data into something that's extensible, programmable, and something that you know you can wrap layers of security and whatnot around on it. Things that you can bolt AI on top of it and, and so on and so forth, right? Start utilizing the technology that is you know being put in front of you, especially as Josh, Heather, and everyone has said, 
we're giving it to you. It's free. Like start using it. But even just from that security aspect, right? If you're collecting personal information or you're collecting financial information, especially nonprofits, you have a stewardship responsibility over that data as well. And so we're helping give you the tools there to do that. I know we're getting close on time. We have so much more to talk about it, but any last kind of comments or Heather, Ben, Josh, any question we didn't get to that you most want to make sure that we answer or share with our listeners before we we land the plane here? I just want to give a shout out to the beautiful way that our connectors are actually constructed. So we didn't really talk about that, but really special care was taken in our connectors to make them highly usable for our customers. So just giving real thought to what actions do we want to build into our connectors? How do those flow or are they nested together? Making it so that customers can choose intuitive dropdowns from lists rather than having to remember IDs. So like all of those things go into the usability and why we've seen the rapid adoption that we have of our connectors. And we're starting to see even more use cases emerge that are using the AI builder tools. So we never even got to get to that today. Um, So I'd love to come back just to talk about those uses, but um, those are definitely on the horizon and and places of focus um, for next year. And we're building new templates to help customers be able to harness AI tools as well. So really excited about the future. And thank you so much for like having us on this podcast because there's nothing more rewarding for me than to talk about our customers that are just doing amazing things for their missions and to be a small part of that through BlackBot is makes me get up every morning and smile. So I was just going to close with Ken talked about how data is so critical and important. And with that, I think APIs is just as critical and important. And people may not know that or understand that. So the APIs give you access to that data and let you do more with it. And um, we believe that APIs make the product more valuable and allows our customers to really um, do more towards their mission because they're using the data that they already have in a smarter way. So that's why I was just so excited about being on this podcast and just now being a lot more in touch with this low-code community, which is rapidly becoming the fastest growing group of our API consumers are the low coders, which is super exciting. Yeah. Well, listen, again, I'm just pleased as bunch to have been on and Wendy, this is so cool to see the pod that you're working on. It's awesome. The other thing I would say to what Ken's point is about the world running on Excel, I think that's right. And then sort of like what you were saying about how the change sometimes can be hard, that a lot of times these processes and the people are sort of know how things work. And so making these changes you know, moving away from something can be like a real challenge. I think I want to know who moved their cheese, Josh, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, and what I think is amazing is that everybody here, I think is talking about it in a very empathetic way and understands that that stuff is hard and that the types of investments that uh, people are making to try to make that easy and painless, I think is really awesome. And so I, I think the set of tools that we're talking about here are really awesome for that. They're not super hard to get up and running. I think that these programs that Microsoft has to make it easily available, couldn't, I just it couldn't be better. And so it's really just like taking that first step, you know, trying your first flow, whatever that is, and everybody should do that. It's, it's gonna be okay. And it seems like there's lots of people who are willing to support you on that journey. So I just think it's awesome what everyone here is doing. 
Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Ben. I'd, I'd also like to say we'll have a link out to BlackBot's awesome work on their APIs. And, and for real, though, like I think it was three months ago, I was going through your API documentation. And I was like, oh, this is this is good. This is really good. Like you can do a lot of uh, a lot of great stuff. That's how I use the phone. No, for real, though, like I used to write connectors a lot. So going through it, I was like, there's a lot of thought into the definitions that you've created for your APIs. So once again, thank you for dropping the barrier of entry into low code, especially when you incorporate APIs that in my eyes make infinite innovation because now I can go outside the scope of the platform I'm working with and bring in this third-party services uh, and it makes it amazing. And also for all the hard and amazing work that you are doing with the nonprofit communities and with different organizations locally and globally. And we really appreciate all that work. One thing I'm also going to plug shamelessly for myself is that we do have a form out that if there are any other topics that you think we should cover, if you'd like us to go back into conversations about connectors and connector construction in general, we have a topics form that is at aka.ms forward slash low code topic request. That's one word. Uh, go in there, add your comments in. We'd love to hear it and any requests for any topics. Once again, Ben, Heather, Josh, thank you again for joining us. And we look forward to talking with you again and uh, sharing all the amazing work that you've worked on. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, folks. Bye. Bye-bye.